0: Hi and welcome, my name is Alice Ersina. I'm the host of the I Am Enough podcast and I dearly welcome you here for another beautiful episode. I actually thought just a split second away that it's quite funny how I do the sound checks before I really start recording. I always say something like hello, hello and um, maybe I should just keep it because again, not always sure how to start this great episode. So, beloved ones, I have pressed, as usual, maybe it's already a running gag, the record button, just following my instinct, my intuition, and again, bathing in the experiment of, do we really need to plan everything in advance, or can we trust our hearts, the guidance of our hearts? This is, um, if you're tuning in for the first time or have not heard um, the intention why I set up this podcast, has been my deepest, deepest core desire for this project, for this this show, is to learn myself to trust more, um, learn um, the language of my heart and invite others more to do the same, because I truly believe, and maybe that resonates with you as well, that I have perfected my mind, I mean, not to the to the last single detail, there is always more to learn, but I have um, spent countless of hours shaping my mind, uh, my intellect, and the way how i'm planning things in advance how i strategically approach things and so on and i did neglect a bit my heart guidance my other intelligence center in in my system because frankly speaking i believe and of course that's abstracted and conceptualized of what's really going on but we have more than one intelligence center that can be used when um, or harnessed when we experience life and we can use this for our professionals as well as our personal romantic lives and um, as part of our spiritual guidance and for me that was quite a groundbreaking idea to understand that they are um, different intelligence center that my body plays a significant role in um Releasing stress, trusting what kind of movement, what kind of food I nourish my system, um, what's my sleeping pattern, trusting my body to do its own thing without feeling the strong needs that my mind, my conscious part of the mind, needs to understand fully what's going on as well as control it. And um, equally, there's some other. Entities or intelligence center, if you want to call that, play sometimes a huge part in navigating our lives. So, why I'm sharing this and why I'm emphasizing so much on this heart guidance? Because I literally believe it's a way easier way to close down our hearts. It's way easier to put um, like a glass wall in front of our hearts. Uh, especially when something bad happens, especially when we have been hurt in the past, especially when we feel it is not safe to feel and fully express and to be fully seen also and witnessed by others. And this is also my story. Basically, I have been taught By observing my outside reality that it is not safe to feel, it is not safe to connect to other human beings or intimate relationships, it is um, not okay to fully show who I am underneath these norms and behaviors and expectations that I don't want to be an outcast or an outsider. And I shut down my heart and I shut down uh, my body. I tried to numb myself a lot of not feeling um, the intensity of life. Um, Especially in relationships, you can feel the intensity of life. It's like a cooking kitchen or cooking dish in the kitchen um, in all different directions. And it was too much for me and obviously it was too much to feel anything within me apart from maybe shame and pain Um, coming again from past experiences, some trauma. I'm actually reading right now a book that has been on my list of conscious reading books. Um, Just a short side note, so I used to believe that I'm too dumb to read or to understand, and for a long time I was not Um, reading books or informing myself and I had a lot of troubles focusing and I had this silly idea that I always need to start and finish a book before it is allowed. I mean, listen to my mind speaking even and it's really funny what kind of of a bullshit story I came up with. It is not allowed to start a new book regardless if I like the book or not because otherwise I'm going to be a failure. So I stayed away from reading and uh, with Chris, my partner, Um, I mean we're already together eight years but more maybe I'm losing time track of time Um, so somewhere in the beginning he is a very well-known man well-read man can you say this in English so with him I kind of uh, he helped me to to first of all reprogram a lot of Different um, beliefs about myself. He supported me and empowered me a lot on my journey. And one of them was enjoying to read again, um, soaking information, to be really conscious when I read, and to trust myself that I am not dumb. I can process anything. I totally changed my belief about learning. I always thought it's not possible for me. And now I'm 100% convinced that I give, like, throw it me anything, I will learn it. So there was a time when I was reading a lot and that was super uh, great because I created notes and I had my own spreadsheets and of the best quotes of the book, the main concepts, um, the author, um, my feelings and conclusions and insights I gained from reading different chapters in the book. And this year somehow I feel I it's not about quantity and it's not about me um, consuming more and more information but rather trusting my own intuitive guidance uh, what's trusting my own intuitive wisdom that I'm just needing to um, allow to come on the surface and share because I believe the wisdom is within us and second of all also to be more conscious, like I don't know what's the better word than conscious, more selective maybe of what I want to consume, what information I want to take in into my system. So I created a small list of conscious reading books, just a handful of books, not anymore, like 30 or a bit more books that I used to read per year. And one of them is The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind and Body in the Healing of Trauma. It is, um, let me check who the author is. The author is, I hope I pronounced it correct, Bessel van der Kolk. So I will um, put it in the podcast notes. And this book is about um, understanding trauma. This is what it is mainly about. It's a topic which is very close to my heart. Um, My work that I do in one-on-one coaching sessions, in my retreats, in my um group programs or workshops uh is always based around somehow this topic and my personal journey of healing and continuously learning how to rise rise up as a human being step into my potential is also about trauma um and it's just interesting, I just started the first chapter. It's a huge book of thousand pages or something like this, maybe a bit less. And I'm really um, taking every word with with in in my system with depth and reflecting also on my labels, on my situations, on my current reactions as well as my previous reaction maybe 15 years ago. Because what a lot of people do not know probably about me and most likely I have not really shared it that publicly, that only happens bit by bit over the last couple of years, is that I had a lot of troubles um, in my child or teenage years. I had a lot of um, weeks week-long depression, um, moments of isolation, feeling disconnected. I felt a lot of numbness, like literally um, I didn't feel anything. Apart from shame and guilt and a lot of rage, I had uncontrollable uh, rage attacks, and it was I, I was in a constant battle in my mind: if this is real or this isn't real. Um, and um, I went to therapy. Um, I'm not sure when it was, maybe 17, 16, um, as a one of the measures that could help help me. And I was labeled as my symptoms, at least, mirror PTSD, so past traumatic stress disorder, even though we could not really identify. And most likely, I wasn't also open to talk about it because now I understand, also working on the other side, that it takes a lot of long time to go past the shame, um, the confusion, and the disbelief. Um, that something might happen to you, and it doesn't have to be as traumatic as um, um, child rape or going to to war. Uh, Simply um, having parents who have been also traumatized and replicate some of their um, reactive behaviors onto trauma can form already a child in uh, his or her development, and some small situations observing how your mother have been kids or some verbal or emotional abuse in any form, maybe also even longer period of time, can really cro- um, cause some trauma. So I, I really think that this is one of the hidden epidemics. I just uh, read it and it really resonated with that, that we have in our times and me being involved in the psychedelic renaissance for some time because um, I will record more podcast episodes on that but just to make it short um, it's one of the healing modalities I believe that can help us heal from trauma uh, transgenerational trauma trauma of any kind and it has really a potential to work on the entire system so in your body your emotions and your mind on all different intelligence centers not only uh, addressing the problem through talking therapy which was the case for me, and I know many other people who are doing it through talking. And talking is important. I believe sometimes to come to the, um, to the point where you are able to to open up, to see this, and to reflect on a certain situation, and sometimes even relive it through through e- expressing it into words, it can be important. But it takes a long time in therapy to get to even to this moment. As equally, it took me years later. Um, to even open up and to not to attach myself what was the original trauma or where is it caused but just to admit that I'm hurt that there are certain reactions imprinted in my body that I do out of panic I do out of um, fear I feel that I need to protect myself I still have a strong um fear existential fear that's um i need security and it's safety i don't feel sometimes safe um like walking around and i'm i'm compensating this um with controlling or i i call myself recovering control freak because uh it's not that it's out of control Uh uh-huh that's a nice wording um I'm, i'm i'm becoming i became aware of that so i made this this shadow conscious and I started working with that and integrating it more into my life but obviously they're like you know one layer after another layer that falls off and you discover deeper and deeper depths of the root of the problem and which displays in certain behavior and everyday basis but I, I used to be out of control and to um, to really yeah accept it and see it and work with it so, a very powerful book, first of all, and um, I can really recommend it to read it, even though I have not finished it so far, but the topic is very close to my heart. I also asked myself just a couple of hours uh, ago the question, I mean, will the whole situation that we're currently going on the collective level, how much trauma we will um, imprint in our system and how long it will take to also, let's put it like this, get rid of the paranoia to connect one to each other as human beings. Because right now, the if you're in Europe, if you, then you can feel it a bit. Maybe it's different if you're in Bali and Thailand right now. But in Europe, you can see if you're going to the shops or somebody's coughing on the street, then we have a, kind of a fear to be infected. We're keeping a distance to the other people. And yes, of course, now it's a very important precautionary math, um, measure. But I wonder what will happen if we repeat this over and over again. If we are used to stay in this um, fear-based situation for a longer period of time, how does it change our biochemistry? How does it change our behavior level? How does it change their interaction with each other? Because human connection and love is one of the biggest core needs we have as human beings. And literally here already, people without the crisis, um, I mean like really being miserable or dying from loneliness and there are countless of studies who support that having quality relationships will help you in the healing process of certain diseases also mental diseases it helps you to be happier healthier um, and so on so it is very important to have this circle of friends, of community, of connections in our life. So I'm just wondering how this will evolve and um yeah, how this will change who we are. Um because it's not a pleasant feeling if we feel isolated and separated and not understood and alone. And I think we will just go more and more or I see this as opportunity basically. Um Every crisis is a chance, so maybe this is our chance to heal heal our wounds, to look at the things that we are scared of at looking. Maybe it's our opportunity to decide to rise instead of staying paralyzed or in the rigid status quo maybe it's our unique chance to redesign new systems for ourselves, for our economy, for the world. Maybe it's our chance to realize that we are all one, we're all connected. That's the biggest threat. Maybe it's not, you know, alien invasion or some terror war, but can be as small as a virus. And we can survive this, we can thrive even if we are together, if we don't fall into the illusion that we are separated from each other, that we can support each other and that we are one. So I am now feeling it's coming to an end of the stream of consciousness for this episode. So I thank you so much for tuning in again. Let me know what you what insights you gained out of this conversation, what thoughts arise. You are always welcome to send me a voice message on anchor where the podcast is published as well as reach out to me on my social media i'm here i'm not going anywhere so feel free to connect lots of love and talk to you soon